Hi folks, Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago. So some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website, links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Hooked on Wooden Boats, weekly podcast episode number 12. I am your host, Dan Matson, and this is the world's first podcast fully dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, and tradition of wooden boats. Welcome back for another episode, folks. It's great to have you back. Uh, listener base is growing, and we're having fun, so that's good stuff. Uh, you'll notice in my introduction there I said the podcast is dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, and tradition. I added that word celebrating because as I thought about it, it's like, yeah, this is kind of what it's about. It's about celebrating wooden boats, and that's a lot of fun. Today's uh, featured segment is an interview that I did with Bill Mahler. Bill is the executive director of the Northwest School of Wooden Boat Building in Port Hadlock, Washington. It's about a 27-minute interview, so you'll want to stick around for that. It'll be good. And then next week, I have an interview with Larry Cheek. Larry is a home boat builder, an author, a blogger, and a sailor. And in the interview, he tells the story of uh, all the boats he's built. And he also wrote a book about building a boat in uh, 2008. It's called The Year of the Boat. And I've read a couple excerpts from it. It sounds really interesting. Uh, I'm just going to read you one paragraph here, uh, an excerpt from the book. It's called Beauty, Imperfection, and the Art of Doing It Yourself is the subtitle for the book. And the expert re- excerpt reads as this, uh, not as this, it reads this way. It began as a project to build a wooden sailboat in a suburban garage with a self-imposed deadline of one year. But difficulties, both technical and emotional made a shambles of the deadline, and Lawrence Cheek's project to build a boat became an inquiry into the nature of beauty, a struggle with obsession and perfection, and finally a question of character. The year of the boat is a story of how one man built a boat in spite of himself. It's like, I love that paragraph. That is so cool, because that's the way I feel about boat building. It's, uh, It's a struggle. It's about trying to be perfect but knowing you can't be and uh, it's a lot of fun along the way so don't miss the interview next week with Larry. Just a reminder that the show is weekly uh, published on Thursday evenings and it's about 30 to 60 minutes in length. Uh, As far as contacting me and connecting with me you can go to my website hookedonwoodenboats.com And on there, I would encourage you to subscribe to my email list where I send out articles and just a way to me, a way for me to connect with people that are coming to my site and enjoying what I do. Uh, You can leave comments on the website where I post my blog and show notes. You can subscribe on iTunes or on my website by clicking the RSS button. You can email me at dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. I'm on Twitter at twitter.com 
forward slash wooden boat dan and facebook.com forward slash wooden boat dan. And you can call my voicemail feedback hotline at 424-261-2360. Questions, comments, suggestions, stories, tall tales, all that kind of stuff. I would love it, love to hear from you. So what's going on with me these days as far as wooden boats go personally is I want to build another boat. Uh, I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I've built four boats in my lifetime. So that's about an average of one boat every 19 years, <laughs> 18 years since my birth. Uh, anyway, my next boat, I've come up with the criteria for my next boat. It's going to be a small boat, a kayak or canoe style boat. And I've come up with my criteria here that I'd share it with you. I want it to be 35 pounds or less in weight. So it's very easy for me to put it on top of my car. Uh, 14 feet or less in length. Uh, I would like it to track fairly straight, have an open cockpit. Uh, I'd like to be able to build it with two sheets of high-grade marine plywood. Uh, I want it to have a capacity of 250 pounds. I'm kind of a big guy, weigh 210. And uh, with my clothes on and a knapsack, you know, you're pushing 220, 230. Uh, I want a boat I can sit on the bottom, actually put a comfortable cushion under me and a little back of some kind, and use a kayak paddle, a double-ended paddle, to, to uh, paddle the boat. I uh, want something that's pretty stable to get into and out of, uh, unlike some touring kayaks where you have to get in with the paddle behind you and kind of use it as a brace on the shore kind of a thing. I don't want to have to do that on this boat. Let's see here, not too ugly, but simple to build. So probably not flat bottom. They're not as pretty as a boat with a little shape to the bottom, but we'll see. And uh, cost of less than $500 to build. So that's my criteria. And I'd love to hear your suggestions. I'm, here's what I'm looking at so far at bateau.com, which is B-A-T-E-A-U.com. They've got a 14-foot open uh, flat bottom canoe, and there's actually free plans on there. Uh, it's a real basic boat. You make it out of two sheets of plywood. It's got flat, uh, it's just basically three panels of wood that are about 14 feet long. Looks really easy to build. Uh, my only concern about it is that it's a pretty plain looking boat uh, because there's no shape to the hull really. Um, like a boat that has, you know, several panels on the side. I'm also looking at the six-hour canoe book, which is about a 15-foot uh, foot flat bottom open canoe. And then I stumbled on a site called Gem Watercraft. And on there, uh, I'm looking at the Sasquatch 14-foot boat, they call it. It's a 30-inch beam. It's a solo tripping canoe, weighs 33 to 43 pounds finished. And it looks pretty interesting. It's got a nice shape to the hull. And the ends of the boat are shaped more like a canoe than a kayak. So if you have any ideas for me, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have suggestions or boats that you've built. But I'm looking forward to my next project. I'm getting, I'm getting closer to deciding what I want to do. 
I like to carefully plan what I build because it takes a lot of time and energy to build a boat. I only have so much time. So what I don't want to do is start building a boat or build a boat and then get done and go, oh, this isn't really a boat I can use or that I like. So I want to carefully pick what I do here. The other thing I've run across here in looking at building this next boat is um, it's been years since I purchased a Kumi Marine plywood, probably since the 90s. And uh, so now I started pricing a Kumi. And what I'm finding out is that you can buy the British Standard 1088 Akumi, which comes from Europe, I think, most of it. And for 6 millimeters, it's about 115 bucks at Edensaw Hardwoods in Port Townsend. But then the guy says, well, but you can buy the Chinese knockoff, which he said is built to the same standard, but their uh, manufacturing facilities are not certified or inspected um, so that the finished product isn't certified, so to speak. And that material costs about half as much. So I'm just curious, you boat builders out there, what you think about that. You can save 50%, but are you going to get a good product still? Uh, according to the gentleman I talked to, it works well for most people. They've found it to be very similar to the, to the real thing. But uh, I'd love to hear any comments you might have about that. Tomorrow, I'm uh, driving over to Port Townsend, Washington, to do a couple interviews for future shows. Pretty excited about that. One is with Jake Beatty, the executive director of the Northwest Maritime Center. And then the second one is with Dee and Sarah Meek. And they own a tug, wooden tugboat that was built in 1890. And they've lived on the boat on and off. They have the complete history of the boat. They cruise with it a lot. Uh, it's a real fascinating story, so I'm looking forward to meeting with them. And then I have been able to finally uh, connect with Tug Busey. Uh, he's a gentleman that uh, took a 14-foot pram from Iowa down the river system to the Gulf of Mexico and then through the intercoastal waterway through Florida, Gulf of Mexico, and up the east coast to Maine. And uh, I heard him speak at the Center for Wooden Boats a few weeks ago, and so I'm going to be hooking up with him for an interview. So we got some really fun stuff to come here. Uh, I am having a blast with this as usual. It just amazes me each week as I meet more people. I find more people that are very passionate about wooden boats, and uh, it's, just, it's just cool. I love it. Love it. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, I have an email subscription list on my site. And as people uh, subscribe to my email list, I welcome to the site and ask them, you know, tell me about your wooden boat background and experience and send me pictures and so on. And uh, this week I had a gentleman named Lee uh, Bjorkland uh, sign up to my email list. And uh, Lee lives in Seattle, Seattle area. And he sent me a photo of one of his boats. It's an out, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, uh, Ian Outred designed We Seal is what the boat design is. He says, we sail it on the sound and at this year's Duck Dodge and elsewhere. And the design makes people uh, smile a lot. It is an absolutely gorgeous boat. It's a... 
18 and a half foot pocket cruiser. It's a double ended lap strake boat, uh, Scandinavian designs, design uh, principles to it. Here's what else Lee says about it that uh, he says Opus, which is the name of the boat, was built by Dave Everett's a home builder in Bellingham, Washington, about 12 years ago. He did a beautiful job. His quality guideline was that everything had to look good from three feet away. It's modified with a full build, a full keel, bilge keels, instead of a swing keel, which fully opens the interior. My, my neighbor, Larry Gorse, and I own it and care for it as partners. So anyway, it's absolutely beautiful little boat wow i mean it's just just gorgeous and i've got a really nice picture of it so i'm going to put that up on the website this week uh, under this episode and i'm going to do that in the future too as people write in and tell me about the boats they have and send pictures i'm going to talk about them and put some pictures up on the website and have a little fun with it so i would encourage you to uh, sign up for my email list and send me some information and uh, we'll go from there. Let's see here. We've got, we've got an interview here with Bill Mahler, Executive Director of the North, Northwest School of Wooden Boat Building. I interviewed Bill about two weeks ago. He was very kind to me, gave me a tour of the whole facility, which is quite a few different buildings, uh, showed me what they're working on. It's some really fascinating stuff. They've got 44 students there this quarter, uh, people from all over the world come there to study boat building and repair. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get the interview started here and hope you enjoy it. Take it away, Bill. So it is November 22nd. Is that right, Bill? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> November 22nd, and I am at the Northwest School of Wooden Boat Building in Port Hadlock, Washington. Did I get all that right? You got that. Okay. Yep. I'm sitting here with Bill. Uh, Maller. Mahler. Mahler. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, Bill is the executive director of the school here. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. You bet. Appreciate it a lot. Glad to have you here. Yeah. So uh, Bill just took me on a tour of the place. They have quite a few buildings around, lots of boat projects, and their students have just started uh, either a nine or 12 month program in September. Correct. Right. But anyway, Bill, uh, let's start by having you tell me a little bit about yourself and mm -hmm. your background and how you ended up here. Okay. I have actually been the director here now for going on six years. It'll be six years in May. Uh, that time has just flown by. This is one of the best places to be, I think, in the whole country. Um, I've got over 25 years of senior nonprofit management experience, and um, I came here or got here because uh, my family and I have been coming up to the Port Ludlow area for about the last 30 years. Oh, wow. So I've always been intrigued by this place. And when the job opportunity came open, I applied for it. And I told the uh, board of directors that if they're looking for a woodworker or someone that knows wooden boats, I'm not your guy. <laughs> and they told me, you know, we've got enough of those people around. We need somebody that knows how to run an organization. So, thankfully, they hired me, and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, okay. So, that was about six years ago. About six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of give us an over, give us a history of the school, Bill, and, and uh, the different programs that you mm -hmm. offer, and just kind of mm -hmm. tell us what's going on here. Okay. Um, the school was actually founded 31 years ago by a gentleman by the name of Bob Prothero. Uh, Bob 
and his brother Frank were uh, shipwrights on Lake Union for over 50 years. So Bob came up here when he was about 72 years old um, to start the school. And the reason he ended up here and taking this place or choosing this place is because um, a couple of members of the Wooden Boat Foundation, they saw that the uh, um, shipwrights working on wooden boats around here were getting older and older, and there weren't the young people coming to replace them. So they were the ones that convinced Bob to come up here and start the school. Um, the school itself, now we run a nine-month diploma program and a 12-month degree program. The students earn an associate's degree of occupational studies with a focus on fine woodworking. Uh, it's a 12 month, that's a 12-month program, and this degree is the equivalent of an AA degree that you get at a community college, uh, but our students earn it in one year instead of two, and that's because they are here 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. So they end up putting actually more hours into the getting their degree than students do at a community wow, college. Wow, so they're here eight hours a day, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, five days a week for either nine or 12 months, or 12 months in 12, that case. Yeah, to get the degree, yes. Wow. Um, our students come from all over the world. Uh, this year we have a student from Argentina here, uh, another one from England. Um, we always have a few Canadians that show up. But we've had students come from Tanzania, South Africa, Korea, Russia, I mean, you name it. Uh, our students have, like I said, come from everywhere. Yeah. Students range in age of about 18 to, we've actually had one student that was 72 years old. Wow. So we get a wide range of students that end up coming here. Uh, and they come here for a variety of reasons. There's basically three reasons that students come here. One is the young people that are getting out of college, or excuse me, out of high school, um, who maybe aren't thrilled about going to a four-year school, but yet they want to earn, learn a skill that they can uh, make a family wage-paying job uh, or get a job. Then we have our middle-aged people, um, a lot of whom, of whom are vets, veterans that are um, getting out, getting retrained. Um, we also have a number of people that um, are just looking at career changes. Technically, we get a few every year uh, computer programmers or computer geeks who get tired. They're tired of sitting behind a keyboard, and they want to do something with their hands. So they're changing careers. And then the final group of students we have are what I call our dreamers. And those people are just retired individuals. Um, they don't want to sit on the couch and watch Oprah all day. So they come here to learn a skill. Uh, as an example, one of our students last year was a uh, retired neurosurgeon with a degree from Harvard. Who, wow. uh, he came here for the whole year. Really? Yeah. He's quite, wow. quite the man. Where was he from? He's from back east. Okay. Yeah. Master's degree from Harvard. Yeah. He's living in Maryland now. So he came all the way out here, took a year off, took his first year of retirement, and said he had always wanted to do this, so he did it. Yeah. So. So what are the, uh, you gave me some statistics before about what the students do after they leave here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, if you, we've got... Two types of students here. We have the avocational, the dreamers, the people that just want to learn the skill, and then we have the other group that wants to get a job, become shipwrights. And 
if you take out the avocational students and just look at the vocational students interested in, in getting a job, we have a placement rate of about 80%, which is not bad, especially in this kind of economy. Yeah, that's pretty good. That everybody goes into ship, uh, becomes a shipwright or works on wooden boats. We've got a number of people that go to work in, in construction, um, furniture making, uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Westport yachts up out of I've Port Angeles. Of, yeah, yeah. They build those mega yachts. Yeah, right. Well, the interesting part about that is that they also employ almost two hundred woodworkers for the interior to do oh, the interior work of those big right. boats. Right. So a number of our students have gone on to work up there. Yeah. Have any of your students gone to work at Northern Marine, who builds mega yachts too, over in Anacortes? You familiar with them? I am, but I I, I don't know yeah. for sure. Okay. Our students they come from all over the world. They spread out. Yeah. So sometimes we have a hard time finding them after a while. Yeah. So so do you <clears throat> happen to know how many wooden boat schools there are in the U.S. or the world? I'm just curious. There's a number of wooden boat schools at various of, of various degrees. Um, there's only a couple in the United States that offered the degree that we do okay. and are this intensive. Yeah. There's a lot of short-term ones. Yeah. You know, um, it'll be like a month or two or, or so, right. and they'll have like maybe two or three students. But there's really just two uh, that compete with us at this level. Yeah, that was, is uh, one of them the one in Maine? Yeah. Mystic Seaport? There's Landing School. The Landing School. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. then there's one on Great Lakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which was patterned after our school. Really? Yeah. And what's that one called? It's called the Great Lakes Great School Lakes of Willem Boat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they offer degree programs like you do. Yeah, they're working on it. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they've got a working relationship with one of the community colleges over there yeah. to offer that degree. Yeah. But this school is, is really world-renowned for what you do. Yeah. You, you, you can go up into Port Townsend and walk around, and I'll bet probably half the people there don't know what we do or where we exist. Or they think that we're part of the Maritime Center in Port Townsend. But if you went over to a, a shipyard over in England where wooden boats were being built, um, chances are they've heard of us. Interesting. Uh, a couple of things, interesting things about our, our uh, instructors. Tim Lee, who's our chief instructor, just last um, summer, he spent three months over in Ireland helping them establish a wooden boat. Wooden oh, school. really? Yeah. And then our, com- cool. our composite instructor, uh, Bruce Blatchley, he, was, um, he went over to China last summer, or the, last fall, um, to work with a company over there that wanted to teach their employees how to do composite work. So I think that says something about the reputation of our, our instructors. Yeah. Um, they were both sought out to right. go to these places. Yeah. How many instructors do you have now, Bill? It, it fluctuates on the, depending on the number of students we have. So this year we have uh, 44 students, and so we have five instructors. We have a maximum student um, instructor ratio of one instructor per 12 students and quite frankly it's usually about one to ten or so that we end up with mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a real hands-on kind of instruction um, it's, it's modeled after the old master apprentice approach oh, really? teaching okay yeah yeah so so uh, tell me about the modules that they take the quarters or whatever you call them that you were talking mm-hmm. about before Okay. Yeah, the year is divided up into four quarters. 
the first quarter in fall is called beginning projects and basically the students are learning learning about the tools uh, the terminology uh, safety they get trained off on band saws and table saws and all things like that mm-hmm. they end up uh, building their own toolbox uh, they also build their own with dovetail, dovetail, dovetail joints. Joints. I saw that out. Yes. that's pretty cool yeah and so they're learning just the basics of woodworking and then from January through the end of June, um, winter and spring quarter, is when the students are actually building new construction. Uh, and they'll go into one of three tracks. They'll either go into tr- traditional small craft or traditional large craft. And a real generalization is boats under 20 feet and boats over 20 feet. Okay. But there are some other factors that go into that, too. Or they go into a composite boat building, which we call our contemporary program. And in that class, they're building boats with marine-grade plywood, um, epoxy, and fiberglass. And so, all three of those combined? Into that class, I yeah. See. Uh, and then in summer quarter, we have two courses that the students take. One is called Repairs and Restoration. Students actually work on a boat. They'll map out, they'll survey the boat, write down what needs to be done, build a budget for it do the, the demolition portion, and then actually rebuild it. So it's a real hands-on experience. And quite frankly, that's about 90 95% of what happens in the shipyards around here um, is repair or restoration of boats rather than new construction. Yeah. So do you know in the Port Townsend area how many people are employed in some kind of wooden boat activity as shipwrights or repairs? or that? Do you have any idea? It's, it's pretty tough because... Um, most of those um, places, shipyards, uh, they don't do just wooden boats. Okay. They yeah. do metal, fiberglass. It's a combination thereof. Yeah. So, but we we did a study a couple of years ago, and of the shipwrights in Port Townsend that work on wooden boats, um, over seventy percent of them were graduates of this school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's a, uh, and you've had about a thousand graduates. Is that what I, did I read that? Yeah, correctly? we're over we're over eleven hundred now. Eleven hundred. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how much does it cost to attend the school, Bill? <clears throat> it's forty three fifty per quarter, four thousand three hundred fifty dollars per quarter. Um, we are an accredited school, so our students qualify for Pell grants and low interest federal loans. Um, we're also or just like going to a community college or exactly like credited institution. Exactly, and we also are qualified for um, our veterans that come to the school. Their veterans benefits pays for them. To really? Be here. Yeah. yeah. So, and we I mentioned we have forty four students this year. We have eleven that have some sort of veteran connection. What I mean by that is, with the post nine eleven uh, benefits that veterans get. Their family members can now access those benefits as well. Oh. So we have three sons or daughters of veterans that are being paid for by the Veterans Association. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you another question. If somebody's interested in learning more about boat building, but they don't have the time necessarily or the money to go through the full 9- or 12-month program, are there mm-hmm. other options available to get involved here and learn some skills and that kind of thing? Yeah, we do some uh, short-term, short projects, like maybe a week course. Um, we also do some evening courses on uh, sail making and rigging. Um, 
diesel repair. Uh, we're doing a, a boat design course um, that's open to the public. And then in the summer, we'll do uh, we might do a painting and varnishing course. So it's it's pieces of what's done. Okay. In the last couple of years also we've we've set up a course from the beginning, um, which is lofting through each step till the completion of the boat, painting and varnishing, and that runs about um, about two weeks, two to three weeks. Okay. And we teach lofting, we teach planking, everything, and at the at the end of that course. We've got a finished boat. I see. Yeah. Do you have any of those classes going on right now, then? Or? Not right now. Okay. Um, What's the next one you got on the schedule? It's the diesel repair coming up. Uh, boy, it's coming up pretty darn soon. Actually, it's in December, I believe. Um, so if someone's interested in that. And that's done in conjunction with the Sea Grant program. Um, so Sea Grant program? Yeah. Now, what is that? Through the University of Washington. Now, how does that? I, they I'm receive funding. They receive funding to put on these maritime educational programs like oh. this. So they'll actually come up here and do it. Okay. Do the program itself. Yeah. Out here. Um, I forgot to mention that we, that we do teach um, yachting interiors during the summer. That's oh. the other course besides okay. repairs and restoration. Okay. Okay. And that's that fine joinery work mm-hmm. that's done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of very interesting projects going on right now. Yeah, tell me about your current projects. We saw, we took a tour and saw some of those today. Yeah, up in our um, large craft shop, we had we're building a, a, a vessel uh, called the Hansen, and it was designed by Hansen uh, back in the 1950s, and was designed specifically for the Forest Service and to be um, on large lakes like Lake Washington, Lake Chelan. They'd use these boats um, to go out and round up loose logs and stuff floating around that were a hazard to potential boaters. Um, but this boat became so stable that they also used it as a rescue boat, like on, for instance, Lake Chelan. Uh, if you know anything about Lake Chelan, the weather can change Oh, yeah. Quickly. That's like a small ocean almost. Yeah. And so people get up uphill a long ways, or up the lake a long ways, and a storm comes up. Um, this boat is so stable that the Forest Service would use it to go up and rescue people that were stuck up there. What, what length is that boat? Though? It's a 25-foot boat. Yeah. 25-foot cabin. It's going to make someone a great fishing Plank boat. Plank on frame. Plank on frame, yeah. Beautiful boat. I've got to took a picture of it. Yeah. The other one that's an interesting project that we're working on is a 62-foot day sailor. Bob Perry designed, one of a kind, um, and that's in our contemporary shop. And so it's it's cedar plank with uh, epoxy and covered with um, fiberglass, and that's going to be about a two and a half year project that we're working on here. The best thing about it is that um, the owner has agreed to employ a couple of other graduates, so the boat is being continually worked on. We run a fine line between um, education and production and you know we're first and foremost an education facility school right so the way we've designed the building of this boat called sliver is that our instructor Bruce Blatchley will monitor it and when the students he thinks that the students are, are going from education into production he'll pull them off this boat they'll work on something else and the other two 
um, graduates will continue working on. And then when they get to the point where there's something new, the students will come back over and work on it. I see. So it's a, it's a system to, to guarantee that we're not um, making our students into slaves. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> no, no. But if, if people want to um, <clears throat> see those boats, starting in January, uh, we basically go up and take pictures of the boats uh, once a week. And we put those on our um, Flickr account, which could be accessed through um, our website, www.nwboatschool.org is our website. And so if you want to monitor the progress on these boats, um, just go to our website. So we looked at another boat that you're restoring that was built in England in the 30s. Tell me that story. That was pretty interesting. That was boat, yeah, it was built in England in the late 30s. Um, there were only four of them ever built. Uh, one sank, one we can't find, and the fourth one is in Spain. And the gentleman in Spain actually has the original plans. So we're getting copies from him of that. Again, the boat was built in the late 30s. But in 1952, a woman by the name of Anne Davison uh, set sail from England and became the first female to solo the Atlantic in this boat. And that's a boat you've got right up here. It's a 24-foot boat. And I tell you, every time I go up there, I just shake my head. I just can't believe that she could have sailed across the Atlantic in that small boat, especially with no GPS or anything like that. Yeah. So. And, and she wrote a book about that. Mm-hmm. What was that book called? My Ship is So Small. My Ship is So Small. It's too small. My Ship is Too Small. It's about her um, adventures across the Atlantic. Wow. 1952. So. Yeah, I think 1952, 1953, basically. So who owns that boat? Uh, that boat was actually donated to us. <laughs> oh, it was? Yeah. Uh, it had been up in Alaska, and the um, couple that had bought the boat had hoped to restore her. And <clears throat> they basically, it became a much bigger project than they, than they first thought. And thankfully, the shipwright that they hired to work on the boat was one of our graduates. So he told them, I know a great place for this boat to, to land. And so they donated the boat to us. Um, it, quite frankly, it's a boat that was so far gone that normally we wouldn't take on a project like that. But this boat has such historic value that we, did, we could not do it. Yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> um, let's see. So you've been in this facility about six years? About six years, yeah. yeah. What Before, are your plans for the future with the facility stuff? Well, we just built one new shop. It's called the uh, Jeff Hammond Boat Shop. Jeff is a master instructor here. He's in charge of curriculum. He's been here for over 25 years uh, and apprenticed under Bob Prothero, our founder. So we thought it was to honor his contributions to the school. We named this shop after him. And the idea is that we'll probably set a goal of building maybe one or two more of those same size shops um, as we go down the road. Mm-hmm. We, we can handle about, optimally, about 45 to 50 students, although we had 57 last year. Um, but we want to be able to get up so we um, have like 60 students here. And not necessarily all doing wooden boat construction. We're looking at getting into things like system, systems courses, um, design work, 
Um, our students can come back and take welding courses now. We have a welding shop. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to do whatever we can to make our students the most employable mm-hmm. and give them the set of skills that they can walk into a ship, shipyard and, and be productive from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, we can't teach them everything. Yeah. And they, they learn a lot more once they're in the, in the field. Mm-hmm. But we can give them that foundation, that good, solid foundation to yeah. become a shipwright. Right. So was a this is kind of a layman's question is a, is a shipwright is that a title that's bestowed with a certain amount of education or hours of training or just generally somebody that's kind of an expert in ship repair and building or what? A shipwright basically is anybody that's involved in repair and restoration of boats or or building boats. Yeah. Uh, master shipwright is another level, and I believe that's bestowed on an individual that's been in the field for over ten years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not really official. Yeah. Okay. There's no certificate or test or anything yeah, like that. Right. To get that. Right. So, and uh, during the six years that you've been here, I'm just curious what are one of some of the most memorable projects are that the schools worked on things that have happened here. Is there anything that sticks out to you? Yeah. The, um, last year, we had a, a, a gentleman and his wife that were from uh, San Antonio, Texas. And they were up here spending the summer on vacation. Stopped by the school for a tour. And the, the gentleman said, boy, you know, I've got this old boat, wood boat, that doesn't float anymore that was built by my grandfather and gave it to me. So I'd really love to have a boat like that. So uh, he went back to, to San Antonio, and we kept talking, and we ended up building three of those exact replicas of the boat that his grandfather built for him. So we shipped those down to San Antonio, and he couldn't be happier. Really? Uh, so that was that was one nice nice yeah. project. So did you have the plans, or you had to take lines off the original boat? Or what? <laughs> what we did was um, we had him do a ton of different measurements and then our instructor Jack Becker put it into the computer outlined it um, what what all the lines were sent it to him uh, the owner he said yeah this is it so we started building and then we would send him pictures periodically to make sure that we were building it to the specifications that he wanted and sure enough it all came together and you built three of those. He wanted three of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so, that's pretty amazing. You know, we build boats for people all over the United States. Yeah. Um, the last two years, we've shipped. Well, we shipped a, a sailboat to New York. We've shipped boats to Georgia, uh, San Antonio, Texas. You name it, people uh, get our boats. Um, yeah, they hear about us and they hear about our reputation and the quality of product that we produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. So, are you aware of any of your graduates that have gone and, and started their own boat, boat building or repair shops around here? There's, there's there a, a few num- out there. There's a number of them. Yeah. Uh, the Shipwrights Co-op here uh, and actually Haven Boatworks both employ a number of our our students. Um, Stephen Gale. Who's one of the old owners of Haven Boatworks with Julia Maynard um, is a graduate of our school, and then, as I mentioned in the co-op, uh, there's a number of our graduates that are partners in that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the the saying goes though that the the two smartest both school graduates started a little company called Edensaw Woods. Really? Yeah. They were um where are those guys? Kiwi was in our first class here and Charlie was in the, the uh third class. So the saying goes that they're the smart ones because they knew where the money was. <laughs> yeah. It's in the wood, not in the boat building. Yeah. <laughs> so they all kinds of there. dimensional lumber and rough stone oh. lumber and, and yeah. marine plywood. And Exotic lumber. Exotic stuff, yeah. yeah. Like Purple Heart. Um, yeah. Just about anything. I, if you're ever up in this area, you really need to take a tour of Eden Saw. Yeah. yeah. They're just down the road from you guys here. Yeah. yeah, just down the road. Cool. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up here, Bill. Um, could you give us all your contact information one more time? Phone number, email, website? You bet. Um, phone number is 360-385-4948. And our website is www.nwboatschool.org. Um, and I encourage any of your listeners to come on up here and take a tour. I think they'll find this place to be pretty magical. Yeah. And how about email address, Bill? Oh, Bill M at nwboatschool.org. Cool. All right. Well, any uh, parting comments for our listeners today? Um, only two things. If you want to learn how to build a boat, this is the place to come. If you want a boat built for you out of wood, this is also the place to come. Cool. So hopefully I'll hear from some people. Great. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Bill, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Bill Mahler of the uh, Northwest School of Wooden Boat Building. I apologize, Bill. Last week I pronounced your name incorrectly. Last name. I think I said Mahler. It's actually Mahler. So thanks again, Bill, for doing that. And I will post uh, Bill's contact information on the website under episode 12, uh, website address and email and phone numbers and so on if you'd like to contact him. They have a great program there. I, if I Seriously, if I had the money and was able to move to Port Townsend for a year, I would be heading over there tonight on the next ferry. Uh, that's how fun it looks to me to go through their program i just think it'd be an absolute blast anyway please leave me some feedback by calling my listener hotline at 424-261-2360 with your comments questions suggestions tall stories lies whatever email me at dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com put some comments on my website uh, where i post my blog and podcast stuff uh, I'd love it if you'd leave me some feedback on iTunes. Some five-star reviews would be awesome. And uh, don't forget, next week we have the I have the interview with Larry Cheek, the uh, home boat builder and author. That's uh, going to be a good interview, so don't miss that. Until next week, keep the bright side up and the barnacled side down. This is Wooden Boat Dan, over and out. <laughs>